Welcome to Furfluencers. I'm your host, Anya Alvarez. And I'm Julie McGinnis. And this is the podcast that goes behind the scenes with some of the most loved animal influencers on the internet. And today we're sitting down with Logan, the founder of the one and only dog cafe in New York City, Forest and Horton, a place where dog lovers, wine lovers, and coffee lovers come together. Well, yeah, we were really excited to chat with you. And I, I want to hear more about your backstory of what you were doing before Boris and Horton. And then what inspired you to, to start this uh, cafe? Yeah. Um, so prior to Boris and Horton, um, I lived in New Orleans for several years. Um, I went to Tulane and um, I was going to school to be a teacher. Um, and during that time I got involved in animal rescue. Um, I was just kind of thinking that it would be like something to do with my spare time. Um, but there's a huge stray, um, problem in New Orleans. Like there's a lot of people who don't spay and neuter their dogs or they like chain their dogs up outside. It's not the same type of like pet ownership culture that you might see in New York. Um, so I got super, super involved, um, in the animal rescue and just found that there was like a lot of need. Um, so I started by like volunteering at events and then I started fostering and then I did some rescues of my own. Um, and then I started, um, doing more admin stuff, like approving adoption applications. Um, and it kind of felt like anytime I would go on a drive or something, I would find a stray dog. Um, so they were just kind of like finding me. Um, and so, yeah, just over time, I just became like a very, very big dog person and, um, most of my lesson plans for my, my um, going to school to be a teacher like turned out to be about dogs. And I was like, maybe, maybe I don't want to be a teacher and maybe I want to figure out how to work with dogs. Um, so uh, I moved back to New York and I worked for my dad's company for a little bit. Um, he has an, had an online auction company that raised money for different nonprofits. So the accounts that I managed were um, animal related charities. So I got to work with some animal rescues and different foundations and do their fundraising. Um, and that was great because I also got to do some of the fundraising for the rescue that I worked with in New Orleans. Um, so he actually sold the company um, and he was kind of trying to think about what his next steps were. And we were walking our dogs in the West Village one day and uh, we wanted to go get coffee. And one of us had to wait on the sidewalk with the two dogs while the other person went in to like place the order. And then I think one of us like came back out because something they were out of something and we were like this isn't that fun of an experience like waiting on the sidewalk with a bunch of other dog owners um and around that time some cat cafes had just opened so we were like maybe there's something we can do and like maybe we can just meet with the health department and, like learn about what it would look like if we opened a dog friendly cafe and uh after our first meeting with them we actually like found them to be pretty helpful we just kind of like moved full steam ahead that's really exciting. And, and so when, when you first had the idea, how long did it take from the genesis of the idea to opening the doors? So I would say it was about a year. Um, and the biggest challenge is just finding a space that um, we're able to accommodate all of their like very long list of rules. Um, so the main thing, I don't, have you guys been to the cafe or just see? I've been once. I haven't been yet. 
Okay, cool. So, yeah, the main thing about it is all of the food and drink preparation is on one side. Um, that is segregated from where you would sit with your dog. Um, it is connected by a set of double doors with an outlet to the outside, and that's, like, super health department um, compliant. That's their, um, like, must-have kind of thing. But um, in order to, like, make that all happen and not feel like a super cramped space, um, it needs to be, like, a pretty wide um, corner location um, so that's like our big thing that we're always looking for. Um, and before we opened, we actually found a space in the West Village that we really liked and it was like moving ahead. And then for whatever reason, um, that didn't work out. And then um, we found our East Village location, which we are just like so obsessed with um, because it's right by Tompkins Square Park, um, right by a lot of subways. And we just like love the neighborhood. Doggy Mecca. Yeah, it just, it feels like exactly like if we could just like figure out like what who is our target customer and like who wants a Boris and Horton and we found it it's something that I didn't fully like understand until I got my dog smudge mm-hmm. it was what I think December uh 2020 and I just assumed that he was going to come with us to bars and cafes and I don't know like why I thought that but I just had this image of you know us living our lives and him coming along too when we very quickly were told nope you can't come in here nope can't sit at the bar dog can't be next to you nope can't sit at the patio of our coffee shop and I was really taken back by it and frustrated there was no space for us and I kept thinking oh my god in Paris don't they let dogs eat in the restaurants and like sit at the tables like what are we doing wrong here in New York and there's just such a need for it. Like I would go, I would go to more coffee shops, even just to go in and get a cup of coffee if I could walk in with him. Like I can't leave him yeah. tied up outside. And it's just like the biggest deterrent from me now getting something to eat or drink when I'm on my walks with him. Yeah. I mean, the health department has just made it really difficult. Um, basically they, they'll give you a big fat fine if they find um, an animal in a in an eating establishment and it was actually not until I think 2015 that they even allowed dogs to be in the outside seating area um so I think that they're I think they're unnecessarily strict but um we actually have a pretty good relationship with them because we found them to be like they were very clear about what we needed to do and they're like pretty responsive and you can kind of like set a meeting with them and like it's it feels like a more collaborative relationship than I thought it was going to be based on like how people talk about the health department yeah definitely that would surprise me um and I was thinking about this now a couple weeks ago I was at a a restaurant in the West Village newly opened commerce and really good shaker inspired Mm -hmm. food highly recommend but I'm sitting at my table with my sister and all of a sudden I hear something bark my sister looking around like, what was that? And like, I know some of like the waiters were looking around too. And then it got quiet. And then it was like, bark, bark. And then it went quiet. And this like woman had smuggled her dog in, in her bag and was like trying to keep it under the table and feeding it French fries. <laughs> trying to keep not... it quiet through French fries. Yeah. It was like a little, like as he was like a child or something. And um, yeah, it just, it didn't go well. And I felt bad for like the team at the restaurant because they had to deal yeah, with it. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like I... I feel for this woman because, like, I want to be at a restaurant feeding french fries to my dog, too. But, like, it, it does fall on the restaurant when, like, they're the ones that get in trouble and it sucks and it's expensive. So um, I like to think we're a good alternative to um, sneaking your dog in in a bag. 
So when you when you got to the point where you were ready to open the doors, what what was the reception like within the neighborhood of having a space like this? So it was really cool because we um, we went to apply for our beer and wine license at a community board meeting, um, and there was a reporter in the audience, and she, I guess, was taking notes on the meeting, and then she pulled us aside after and was like, this sounds like a cool concept. Do you mind doing a little interview? So we did, like, a quick interview, and it just, like, blew up. Like, all everywhere that you would want to write about it wrote, like, a dog cafe is coming to New York, and it just, like, went super viral. So without us having to do anything, without us having to pay, or without even really being prepared for the amount of interest, like, we had a ton of buzz going into the opening. Um, I will say, though, we, um, we've since expanded. When we first opened, we were pretty small. And we were also we also had plans to just be on leash. Um, so about a year into it, we expanded to the space next door, which has been huge for us because like while the reception was amazing and people wanted to come, we did not have enough space for um, like a busy weekend. And we find that people really want to do events with their dogs. So whether it's like bingo or trivia, an adoption event, a birthday party, like all of those things, a small space like just wasn't going to cut it. Um, so now actually like as we're talking, there's a concert going on at the cafe and it's like you could bring your dog to a concert. Like there's just endless opportunities to bring your dogs to things. Um, and pretty much all of our That's events amazing. Like, do. Yeah. <laughs> um, they do tend to sell out. There's just like a huge app- appetite to socialize with your dogs. And we do also get a lot of customers who don't have dogs um, and they just like love them um so maybe they're like in the city for school and they have a family dog that they miss or like they just um their life isn't set up to have a dog but they like would love to like sit and do work around them um that's a great kind of customer for us because like if every table was if every table had a dog it would probably be like unmanageable um with the amount of dogs in the space but it kind of breaks it up where like every other table has a dog and then there's like somebody next to you who wants to like sit and hang out with your dog so it it's it's a great vibe. People can get their fix of if they can't have a dog or they've been waiting to get one, they just go there and they can pet some stranger's dog. And it's less it's less weird than going to a dog park without a dog. If you're yeah. if you're at a dog park and you don't have a dog, you're a weirdo. Totally. But if you're at Boris and Horton and you don't have a dog, it's totally okay. <laughs> yeah, I just say like do not feed the dog without asking their owner and don't pick up a dog without asking their owner. But like if they come up to right. you, you're you're golden. I think what you, you know, you're talking about the events and everything as far as like people wanting to do things with their dogs. And I, I definitely am that person. Like if I could take my dog to everything, I probably would. I, my, my boyfriend's a stand-up comedian and he's warned me. He's like, you cannot bring your dog <laughs> to my comedy shows. I know, <laughs> I know you want to, but you can't bring him. And I know we, I want to talk about the comedy shows that you guys yeah. host, but I think it just speaks to the culture of how our relationships to dogs have changed over time and where they really are like family and you don't exclude family from activities, You except maybe certain family members. Uh, <laughs> but you definitely <laughs> – but dogs, it just seems like you want to share these memories with them and I, I feel like it's just changed a lot. And I don't know if it's more of a generational thing or if it's just become more accepted – uh, in terms of the types of relationships people have with their animals now? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's just become more accepted. There's nobody who wants to bring their dog places more than my mom. So I feel like she, it's a cross-generational thing. Like, she just brings that dog everywhere. Um, but, yeah, and then also with the pandemic, I think, like, our dogs were sort of, like, our sanity um, and our, our a major connection for a lot of people. So I think it's just, like, people were indoors sheltering with their pets, and it's just hard to leave them. Um, also, the thing about dogs is they open you up to talking with other people um, and they kind of force you to like meet your neighbors yes. and meet the other dogs in the neighborhood and like not kind of like have your head down looking at your phone. Um, and in New York, I think it can be really intimidating to meet new people. But like if, you, if there's a dog by your side, like it kind of just helps and opens you up and makes it a more social thing. Like one of the things I love about the cafe is you can come in with or without a dog and you know maybe maybe it's bingo or trivia or whatever and like you you came by yourself and and like you can you can meet a teammate and like it's not weird to talk to a stranger whereas I think like a a non-dog friendly cafe like people kind of just keep to themselves I couldn't agree more they are the ultimate icebreaker and when we got smudge I what there are a lot of things about owning a dog that surprised me I grew up with dogs but you know my parents ultimately took care of them He's my, mm-hmm. he's my first dog as like a bona fide adult who I'm taking care of myself. And what shocked me was how easy it was to meet people and make new friends. Because like I, I grew up in New York. I've, I, I love New York, but I've never thought of it as being a place where it's really easy to get close with people. You can meet people. They're everywhere. But it's really hard to have like a deeper, I think, um, relationship with, you know, a lot of, I don't want to say strangers, but people who you're just meeting and when we got smudge, it was like, oh, do you want to go get coffee or like socially distanced drinks on this bench? And now like some of our, I would say like our really good friends, like closest friends now are people who we met at the dog park and across different generations as well, which has just been like so amazing. I, I thank you smudge for uh, introducing <laughs> us to our new friends. Yeah, we had a birthday party at the cafe maybe three nights ago, and it was all dog park people. And I feel like if you walked in, like, you would not have been able to figure out, like, how all these people knew each other. It was just, like, they looked different, different ages, different genders, like, just, and the unifying thing was just, like, we go to the dog park at a certain time, and we became friends. And it's, like, it's just very cool. Well, the the only thing that I will say is sometimes dogs open up conversations that you don't want to be having. <laughs> there are times where I'm like, yes, I know my dog is cute, but please leave us alone. I, I do not want to socialize with you right now at this moment. But I feel yes. like a place, a space like yours is, it, you're going there with the understanding that you're in a space where everybody loves dogs. It feels more communal. Um, and and the events, I, I think, I want to go back to the events that you host, particularly the uh, must love dogs comedy event. Um, I know that you don't specifically produce that event. It's someone else, a producer in the city that puts it together. But when they first came to, well, who came to who to put this comedy event or comedy show together? Yeah. So the producer, her name is Jolie. Um, and she came to us, I think she DM'd us on Instagram and I actually was not so excited about it because we'd done a comedy show before and it was like good but it it didn't feel like it reached like the dog community it wasn't it wasn't like fully packed and like our like awesome dog vibes that I was going for I think so I was like sure we can try it whatever like low expectations um and she just like does such a good job with it like she is just 
the best manager. She has this incredible lineup, super diverse, um, and every single seat is full is filled no matter what. It's like I think we sell 60 tickets, and there's always a standby line. Um, people bring their dogs, and the funniest part is like the comedians will kind of like work the dogs into their acts. So like they might bark or like like their genitals in the middle of the room or like steal a sandwich or all of these like ridiculous things. Um, so the vibe is just very, very funny, um, super supportive. And yeah, I can't say enough good things about Jolie. She also um, picks a different animal rescue for each comedy show and um, a portion of the ticket sales goes to, to them. Yeah, I've actually tried to go to the last two and I by the time I remember to buy my tickets, it's too late. They're sold out. So I need to put a reminder in my phone to <laughs> get on it earlier. But it, it's exciting to see um, something like that as far as being used to, one, touch your community, bring people together. And the fact that dogs are part of the routine is even funnier to me. And I really want to see them roast a dog. Do yeah. they roast dogs? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I mean, I would say more, I think the people, the dog owners get roasted a little. Right. I think you can't take yourself too seriously. If, um, you know, like, I, th I think our customers have fun with it, so. <laughs> you know, could you paint a picture for somebody who hasn't you know, been to the cafe, who's listening to this? Like, what is the experience like? Like, if you show up first thing in the morning and you stay till the end of the day, like, what is your experience like? What, like, what are those awesome dog vibes? And I'm also wondering, does the crowd change? Like, does it start, like, really, like, I'm getting work done, too? Like, okay, I'm here to have fun and cut loose and get a little rowdy. <coughs> yeah, so a typical day, I would say it starts with, like, the, the neighborhood crowd. So we open at 8 a.m., and it's people who are, like, coming to or from their dog park or their first, like, walk of the morning, both – the, the human and the dog are kind of waking up for the day. Um, so when we're not filled up yet, like there's a lot more floor space and the dogs are just like doing zoomies, um, practicing tricks, like all, all that kind of thing. We, we have some like definite regulars. Um, also all the dogs know that they get treats at the cafe. So they like pull their owners in. So even if they wanted to skip a visit to Boris Norton, like it's not an easy thing to do. Um, if you live on our, like on our block, um, and then throughout the day on a weekday, people do come in and like I say they're attempting to do work. I don't understand how anyone gets work done there. Um, it's the type of person who thrives on distraction or is just kind of like maybe they need to be like sort of checking their emails, but they're not like they don't have a big project they need to get done. Um, but it is like full chaos in a very fun way. Um, like I said, the dogs are off leash, so they're just roaming around, um, trying to steal food. They're like wrestling with each other. It's a super high energy, like very ridiculous, um, environment. Um, and we do, we're really big on like hospitality and getting to know our customers. So if you walk in, like we will definitely greet you. We try to get to learn your name as, as soon as possible. We might end up learning your dog's name before your name. Um, try to remember like people's drinks. Um, we have a lot of like drink specials. We're always switching up our menu. Um, so just kind of like we want people to feel like it's an extension of their living room, um, with some rules in place. So, um, Humping is a no-no. Uh, accidents do happen, but we, we we do ask customers to try to take their dogs outside for bathroom breaks and try to help us clean things up, um, but things do happen. Um, 
what else? And then we we also we have hooks on on the walls. We recommend not hanging anything on the back of your chair because it will likely get peed on. Um, so like you kind of have to have a sense of humor about things because it's just not your typical cafe. Um, so that's like during the day and then in the evening we do sell beer and wine so we're a great place like if you've been working all day and your dog needs some attention and some exercise and you want to unwind a bit like grab a beer and your dog can run around um, and it's just a really good vibe um, I would say starting at like five it starts to kind of un unwind a little bit um, and then we do events uh, most evenings so it might be a concert, a comedy show. Um, we do private events, so people might book out the whole space for a birthday party, um, things like that. And then on the weekends, it's just like fully chaotic and crazy in a fun way. Um, like every seat is taken for many, many hours. Um, and we do a lot of special events like the adoption events or um, Pupper Cup, who's like the dog ice cream lady. Um, she comes and scoops ice cream on Sundays. Um, oh, and dogs can get samples God. at her cart and then like pick their flavor. So um, there's always something fun and silly and cute happening. Can you please open one of these in Long Island City? Like, please. <laughs> Do you, Have you had any... I, well, actually, I want to talk about the online community that you've actually built on, on Instagram in particular. I mean, I'm assuming not every single person who ha is following you has been to your cafe. I'm sure they want to go. It's probably on people's bucket list for when they come to New York as well if they're traveling through. Have you had a lot of people come to your cafe that found you through Instagram that were just visiting New York? Yeah. Um, yeah, we've become kind of a tourist destination. I mean, it's taken a bit of a, a dip with COVID stuff, but it's ramping back up. But um, yeah, we definitely found have people who found us online. Um, also, animal cafes are really big in Asia, so we get a lot of um, Asian tourists in particular who come to check it out. Um, I would say Instagram is still our biggest driver, um, but TikTok has been really big. Um, so we've had some people post videos like, come follow me as I do work at my favorite dog friendly cafe and like little tours of the cafe. Um, and they blow up and they actually send a lot of traffic through our doors. Um, so I would say, yeah, tourists are, are really big for us also because, um, you had mentioned that in like in Europe, um, people don't bat an eye if you want to like take your dog in for a coffee. Um, but it's still sort of like your dog has to kind of sit nicely under your table and it's not about the dog. It's just that they like can come in. Um, so we've had some European tourists tell us like they think it's very funny that this whole cafe is like for dogs and that like all the merchandise and there's a menu for dogs and all of that. Um, so while the health department stuff isn't novel to them, like the experience is, is crazy and funny. With the community that you've built online as well, have you had any famous dogs come through? Oh, yeah. Um, any, yeah, we, any we, furfluencer dogs? Yes, definitely. Um, we actually did an event a couple years ago with Cadbury um, where they were um, looking for, I guess, like their next Cadbury bunny, but like it could be any animal. So they did like tryouts at the cafe and they invited a bunch of influencers. Um, so that was very fun. But yeah, I think any New York based sort of famous dog has been through the doors. Um, and one thing that's been really great for us is we do these like meetups, these breed meetups. So if we did like a Cavalier meetup or something, I would reach out to um, 
a cavalier that has a, a big following on Instagram and ask them to be a co-host and then they kind of help get the word out. So if I do one of these events and just try to promote it on Boris and Horton, like people come, but when you get like a big dog influencer of that breed, it just like makes it go crazy. Have you done yeah, a Aussie? Oh, sorry, Anya. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. We've I, I done, asked, have you done a Australian Shepherd meetup? We did um, pre-COVID. Yeah, we had I forget the dog's name, but we had one that was a host and did it a few times. Someone in our neighborhood, um, and they they were really well attended. Yeah, I was going to say I got the um, the Instagram handle for I think it's like Wiggle Butts NYC, and like in my head I was gonna like try to start like the NYC like. Aussie community, but I that just hasn't happened right now. One dog project at a time, but that's my goal. Yeah. One day. <laughs> <laughs> when, when what happened during COVID in terms of how I know you have a little bit of an outdoor space, were able to open up for for a little bit, and what was that like for you personally, not just from the business side, but from just having those daily interactions with your customers, and did you have customers? reaching out saying that they miss the community that your cafe provided. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we were closed um, for a lot of it, but we did stay open at our uh, to-go window. Um, things starting in like April or May, we, we reopened there. So that was nice because it was a good way to be able to connect with people. I mean, it was a very small percentage of our regular sales, but um, it was nice to just to be open and be doing something. Um, we did have to follow like the New York guidelines, so we never did anything inside when we weren't able to. Um, but we did, like I mentioned, the pupper cup dog ice cream. Like she would come and hang out on the sidewalk. Um, I think we did. Did we do Halloween two years ago? Maybe just as a sidewalk thing. Yeah, like we we tried to make it work. We do have our outside seating. Um, we also did some virtual stuff just to kind of stay connected to the community. So um, Dan Schachner does our trivia nights nights, and they're um, like a monthly event. So we, we did them online um, and we still have the same format where we picked a different charity beneficiary. Um, and they were really, really big for a while. I think our biggest one was probably like maybe it was like two or three hundred people, um, which was actually like pretty crazy trying to score that. Um, we like, we figured things out as we went along. Um, but it was nice to just kind of stay connected with people, um, and make sure that they like, they felt the love from us and didn't forget about us. Um, we also, we sold a lot more merch online and we launched our coffee club memberships. So we do a, um, a coffee club where you pay $20 a month for eight drinks. Um, so we launched that during COVID to just kind of keep the, the loyalty, um, and uh, it worked out well with the to-go window. So I would say as much as we could, we tried to stay connected with people and tried to be open when, when we could. I, I stocked your menu and I have to say, I'm impressed that you're able to feed and entertain dogs the way that you're able to, and also have such a tasty menu for humans. <laughs> Thank all you. All toast and grilled cheese. <laughs> like, yes, please. Yeah. Is there like... Well, a- um, yeah, so... The cafe side, like, is pretty insulated from, like, the dog stuff. Um, so I have to say some of our baristas are even, like, cat people. Like, they don't – they're not um, – they're, like, so if you work on the – if you work on the cafe side, you can just work on the cafe side. You can't go over to the dog side and then, like, come back. So 
they're really just managing the food and drinks, which is a lot. Um, but like one of the limits of our space or limitations of our space is that we had no idea that people were going to want to kind of like hang out all day. We thought they'd be stopping by for a quick, quick visit and a pastry and a coffee. Um, so we really had to expand our menu in a very small space with like very little infrastructure to do so. Um, and our staff has been amazing. Our manager has been amazing, but we have like a tiny toaster oven and a tiny like sandwich press and we were, we're feeding sometimes a thousand people can walk in the door on a Saturday. Um, so it's nuts. But um, one of the things that we're looking for with our second space is being able to do a lot more food and drink. Um, also because we do a lot, we do do the evening events and we know that people are looking for kind of like so they're coming from work, they want to have some beer and wine, they want maybe a little bit more food than just a grilled cheese. So we want to be able to, to help them out with that. That's really cool. And um, I'm so glad you mentioned this because I wanted to ask, how do you hire for your team? I mean, is there, because I'm imagining, you know, the interview process for you, does that include, Hey, do you like dogs? Okay. Nope. Not a dog person. Bye. <laughs> like what, yeah. what does that process look like for somebody who wants to be a part of your team? So cafe side, we're just strictly looking for, um, food and beverage uh, experience and just a lovely personality where you want to talk to people. We really never want to be like that kind of coffee shop that's too cool for their customers. Um, a lot of our staff wears like extremely bright colors and like they're loud and they listen to fun music and like that's the vibe we're going for. Um, the dog side, yeah, we're, we're definitely looking for a high level of comfort with dogs and people. Um, so I need people who have worked, um, doing doggy daycare stuff or dog walking, or sometimes people like grew up in a house with, with 10 dogs and their mom worked in like the dog care profession or something like people who kind of live and breathe dog stuff. Um, and then you need a high level of comfort, comfort with people because more than the dogs, you're managing the people in the space. Um, so making sure that, um, you know, like the right dogs are playing with each other, that an owner is willing to put their dog back on leash if they're, if they're misbehaving or take them out for a bathroom break or clean up after their dog or like all those things. It takes a lot of skill with people. Um, one of my staff members actually, uh, last week she dog sat for my friend and she was bringing the dog in during her shifts. Um, so they're just like people who really want to spend pretty much 24 seven with dogs. And for you, starting this cafe, uh, what type of joy has have you had building this and, and bringing people together and also from meeting all the different dogs that you've gotten to meet through it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the sense of community is just amazing. I've never had a community in New York and um, the idea that there's just this like home base for so many people and um, a place where people feel comfortable, um, to be themselves and, you know, chat with our staff and chat with other customers and just like get a break from the, the grind of New York, um, feels amazing. I also love that, uh, we are able to use the space for different fundraising things and adoption events. Like that's so cool to me because my background is animal rescue stuff and that's super, super important. Like I know we cater to all types of dog owners, but I love that a portion of proceeds for any event that we do goes back to animal rescue. Um, so yeah, I mean, it feels like it is, it's just exceeded my, my dreams in pretty much every, every way. Um, it's also so much harder than I thought it was going to be, but it, it pays off. 
Well, I'm excited to see where you open up in terms of your next location and what else is in store for you as, as you continue to build this brand. I, do you think that you will go into other cities outside of New York? Yeah, so our goal is to open a few in New York and then explore the possibility of franchising. So that's something that you'd asked about tourists. Um, tourists definitely come in and ask, like, how do I open one of these in my hometown? Um, so we think that we really want to perfect the model and get everything right on this next one that we're calling our flagship um, and then try to just kind of move forward much faster. Um, we've heard that Los Angeles and San Francisco are big markets for us, so we'd like to explore that. Yeah, I, I can definitely see this going to other places, but let's let, let's start some more locations in New York first, selfishly. Yeah, That's, uh, yeah definitely. <laughs> That's my first choice. <laughs> well, look at this. It's been awesome. Um, you want to be mindful of your time, but we do have one portion of these conversations that we say for the very end. These are like the really hard-hitting, you know, journalistic questions that uh, we go through with our guests fairly quickly. So um, got a couple rapid fire questions for you, uh, starting okay. with what is the uh, favorite drink that the cafe serves? The major. Um, it's a brown sugar cinnamon latte named after the first dog who Ooh. I've heard does not live there anymore, but it's a great drink and it's staying on the menu. Ooh, okay. That's what I'm going to be ordering. Um, most popular dog treat that you sell? So we have a bakery case from Maison de Paz, um, and they're all um, handmade, human-grade ingredients um, delivered fresh to the cafe a few times a week. And I would say probably either the cupcake, which has cream cheese frosting and crispy ham on it, or the peanut butter and carob donut. What type oh, of music do the dogs like the most? I do try to be mindful of the type of music that I play, um, just because they uh, are sensitive to sound and they can be loud themselves and I want to kind of keep the, the vibes pretty calm. So when we're really busy, I'll put on the calming dog playlist from Spotify. And I think, I don't know if it's just me that's calmed by it, but I think it does the trick. And this one might be a little tricky. So if you want to pass, I understand. But do you have a favorite customer who comes in regularly? No. The dog <laughs> being the customer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But I can't just pick one. I mean, yeah, I can't pick one. <laughs> that's crazy. All right, all right. My well, favorite children. On that one. <laughs> but I do. So I get to bring Horton to work. Um, so I do really. That's like an amazing perk that he gets to hang by the register with me. And no matter where I am in the cafe, like I could be like many feet from him, he's staring at me. So and he will like go sit on somebody's lap and then just be staring at me. So yeah. <laughs> Oh We're yeah, we, we did forget we did forget to ask who who is Boris and who is Horton. So Horton is your dog. Yeah, Boris Horton's is my dog, my dad's dog, and he is. Uh, so Horton's a little terrier mix from Houston, Texas, um, and Boris is a big furry pit mix um, from Puerto Rico. Nice. Well, thank you again. We really appreciate your time. We'll be stopping by again soon, and I'm excited to snag tickets to a comedy show. Yes, please. <laughs> her, her background's really interesting, but I think she really tapped into a market of people like you and I, like you were talking about, where we want to be able to do things with our dogs. I mean, you know that I always try to bring Ruthie with me everywhere into every cafe. I, I definitely take advantage of her cuteness where I feel like people have more leniency with her because of how cute and sweet she is that they allow her in. 
But, I mean, there's been several times where, like you said, where I would have stopped and had a drink or gone in somewhere and spent money, spent my hard-earned money in these businesses. Um, But I didn't because I couldn't bring my dog in. And... And I am like you. I will never tie her up outside. I'm just way no, too afraid to do that. No, it would be to crazy that. to do that, especially in New York right now. Like, that's a terrible idea. And I, I was thinking about this, like, before you told me about, um, you know, uh, about the cafe. And I, I think it was just, like, a few months ago. Like, to me, I really hope that health departments, I don't want to say modernize, but just understand that people's lives lives have changed, especially in places like New York, where a lot more people now have dogs because of the pandemic. A lot more people are, when they're out, they take their dogs with them because the dogs need exercise. It's what's right for them. Like they should go out as often as they can, but then people aren't going to these smaller, especially smaller businesses because they can't bring their pets in. And I just kept thinking like, oh my gosh, I wish that more cafes in the neighborhood even had like windows, like were designed so there's like a cafe window so I could just like go up and order something if I can't bring the dog in. And sometimes I feel bad because I would go to more places to pick up lunch or get something for breakfast. But if I'm out and if I have the time to be outside, you know, that's when he's out too. And this is New York, Mm -hmm. like people are busy and it's just, it's the reality of, of the situation. And I think that you know, she's, what she's doing is so smart in so many different ways. And I, I just, I really hope they open one near me. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I, yeah. And you know what? I think I'm going to apply for a job there. I really just want to hang out with dogs all day, drink coffee. That cupcake sounded amazing. Um, so I don't know, Logan, if you're looking for anyone, I don't have any of the experience that you mentioned other than I really, really love dogs. And when I was a barista in high school, I got fired. But <laughs> I'm a quick learner. I am a quick learner, and I believe in second chances. So if you want to give a gal like me a second chance. Uh... <laughs> That's so funny. Well, when she was describing, like, the typical employee, it was like, um, wears, like, loud colors, like, you know, very engaging personality. There was something else. Was like, oh, my God, that's Anya. But that I was like, no, you're going to spend more time, pe- like, chasing people's dogs around. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like... do any work. Let's be real. <laughs> I definitely shade. would uh, <laughs> not. And, you know, it's funny. When I got fired from my barista job in high school, it was because they said I talked too much to the customers. So, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if that has changed all that much. But, yeah, that was great. I can't wait to go back. Can't wait to see how it continues to grow. And I hope we see little Boris's and Hortons pop up all over the country. You know, I meant to ask her. I meant to ask if they have a bow wouncer. Okay. <laughs> We're ending. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>